welcome to the Giving Gives podcast, a podcast with real people sharing real stories, navigating how to use their gifts in this weird world. Today's episode is kind of exciting because we got to record this live. Um, so we were together and we even did this on Instagram live, which was an interesting experience. <laughs> I met Kimmy when she was in high school. And we've gotten to pace closely alongside as life and our friendship has evolved. In a lot of ways, the giving gifts has been shaped and molded by people. And Kimmy is actually one of them. She has some of the most incredible gifts from cooking to illustration to thrifting like no one I've ever met. And as easy as it would be to focus on the outcome of her gifts, it's actually the story and the human and the process behind the products that really is the actual gift. Kimmy has an autoimmune illness that impacts her day to day, all of her relationships, her work, really her whole life. And the way that she has allowed her physical health and mental health to be a source of connection is admirable. And it has definitely not been easy. One thing I really respect about Kimmy is her commitment to show up in celebration and grief, sometimes coexisting with one another. So I found out that I had a chronic illness called Addison's disease when I was 13 years old. I was in eighth grade, um, and that was my first chronic illness diagnosis, the first of a few to come. Um, and I think I am constantly learning new ways that that has affected me, especially now in my mid-late 20s. I feel like I'm learning a lot about how some of those like traumatic childhood experiences of being diagnosed with a chronic illness so young and having to become very responsible for yourself that young um, has affected me. Um, some, some in negative ways and some in positive ways. <laughs> um, and so I feel like, one, I have realized that being diagnosed with a chronic illness so young has really impacted my mental health. So there was a lot of trauma involved in that, a lot of really scary situations that just young girls don't usually go through. Riding in an ambulance by myself to a hospital, um, being, being wheeled around the hospital to different tests and stuff when I was only 13, and also dealing with and illnesses that are hard to diagnose so and hard to find so it was a lot of people not believing me that also impacted my mental health in different ways um but on the positive side i feel that being diagnosed with a chronic illness so young um did make me uh feel one i think i matured very fast which could be bad as a young person um or not not necessarily the most positive thing for a young teen to grow up so fast but i did feel like um it offered me just some perspective that not a lot of people have and so i felt that it really has given me a greater sense of empathy um, for other people um, from a young age um, and i also think it has helped me to explore the things that I'm really passionate about um, mm -hmm. because living with a chronic illness you're 
your energy is so limited and that was something that affected me since I was that young, since I was a young teen. And so having to really identify the things I cared about the most and to put my energy towards those things because my energy was so limited. So those are just a few things. I know we'll get into more as we as we chit chat. Yeah, I think one thing you have really helped me see, and sometimes I really think it's overlooked, um, especially within talking about chronic illness, is this idea of, and you hit on it for just a second, but this idea that every day is a little bit uncertain, mm-hmm. that um, every day looks a little bit different, that you could wake up today and feel okay and feel ready and get up and show up for even this and tomorrow you could wake up and not have that same experience Mm -hmm. and I think that impacts obviously everything relationships friendships commitments what do you what what has been your experience with this Definitely have experienced that a lot. I think living with chronic illness, it is very unpredictable. There are a lot of days where you don't know how you're going to feel or you might, yeah, it just changes. It changes so fast. And especially for me in this last year, I've really been dealing with like a lot of up and down um, health things and trying a new medication. And that brings in all these different obstacles that make that day to day even harder and more unpredictable. And so I definitely see that in my everyday life. There are some days like today where I like wake up and I feel okay and I can get through the day and get through my work. And then there's other days where I might wake up and I just can't get up at all. I can't, like it hurts to move, you know? And then there's days in between that where it's like a mix of feeling good and feeling bad. And also every day having to kind of manage your energy levels and the things, the different activities that you're doing to be able to kind of store up energy for when Mm -hmm. you have something important. So for example, I knew that I had this today and I kind of tried to take it easy earlier this week and this weekend so that I would, could make sure that I could show up. Mm -hmm. Um, So it involves a lot of like forward thinking and evaluating how much energy things cost you and and planning your day that way and it doesn't always work so sometimes I might plan and store up my energy and then it actually doesn't work and I'm not able to show up to something that I had been planning to I'm not able to meet a deadline I have to cancel on a friend or you know reschedule appointments or whatever it is and it can be very frustrating mentally um, because it's really easy to to blame yourself when that happens and feel like oh I didn't do everything right in this situation I like used up too much energy yesterday and now I'm like not able to be there today um and so it really can impact me mentally I feel like um and also just feel very frustrating Mm -hmm. um because not just not being able to do what you had planned for the day is very frustrating (laughs) and it sets it sets you back and so then you have to reorganize all all of your other things to do and and um it gets really tough and I think the hardest thing for me is just finding ways to balance all of it. So on its own, like balancing work with chronic illness, pretty manageable. Balancing my marriage with chronic illness, it's it's okay. But when you combine all those things together, it's like I feel like I'm always, there's always some check box that I'm not checking. Like mm-hmm. it feels impossible for me to do all of it um, perfectly, which is like no one needs to do all of everything perfectly all the time. But I think... 
Um, it can feel just really defeating when you're wanting to like nurture your friendships, nurture your relationships, and also show up for work and the things that you care about, and also take care of yourself and take care mm -hmm. of your health. Um, so it's definitely a lot to manage, and those up and down, ups and downs can be um, really hard, for mm -hmm. sure. Yeah, and one thing I totally have respected um, that you've committed to doing is this aspect of sharing your story and you have used social media platforms like this one and others to share an honest story because I think it's really true right now in our world that there are so many voices and so many things fighting for our, our attention and you have made this choice to use this platform to share not only your story but a whole a whole story so other in in the impact of other people and how you're impacted by people and the impact that people have because of you too and sharing your story comes with a lot of pros and some big costs because part of sharing your story was sharing even the really challenging moments so i want to talk about and I want to just get really honest mm -hmm. because that is the tone you take um, often is let's talk about mental health a bit and the importance of being part of this conversation around sharing your story and around chronic illness mm -hmm. um, and how that's impacted you even through social media. I mean, how how has that impacted you and your ability to show up uh, on the days that you just you don't want to? Mm-hmm. So I feel like I really got into sharing my sharing more of my story with chronic illness when after I was diagnosed with lupus in college. Um, and I just felt like so alone in that. Like I felt like I had never heard of anyone my age having a chronic illness like that, um, let alone when I was diagnosed as a young teen. It was even more isolating. But I think with my second diagnosis, I really realized like these, I'm going through these things and I like don't know a single other person who's going through this too that I can relate to, that I can connect with, that like really understands this. Um, and so that's when I kind of started to seek out like telling my story more and connecting with other people who were going through similar things. Maybe they didn't have Addison's disease and lupus, but maybe they had something else that affected their life every day. Um, and specifically, I just felt like this heavy weight of kind of what I was discussing before of like just trying to, to manage all these things that life brings mm -hmm. with the challenges of illness on top of it um, and how that starts to affect your mental health. I think um, it's just I think anyone with chronic illness is bound to struggle with their mental health because it is so hard. It's so hard to constantly be planning things and cancel them. It's so hard to constantly be learning like new bad news about your health and dealing with doctors that don't believe you or don't want to advocate for you. Um, there's just so many pieces of challenge within it that no one really talks about um, that you're not seeing a lot of. Um, and all those little pieces really can make an impact on your mental health, not to mention the statistics of people who will get depression or anxiety related to their chronic illness as like a comorbid condition, mm -hmm. um, that there's lots of just evidence that shows that people with these illnesses end up developing depression or anxiety or other mental illnesses. But it's something that's really not addressed in the care plan when you visit a doctor. Um, and so I think 
feeling so alone and feeling like my mental health was was such a challenge and feeling like nobody else was talking about that really made me want to open up more about that experience for myself about the mental piece because I felt like there were a lot of people talking about chronic illness and and how it's difficult but I think the mental health piece is such an important factor because it just is impacts so many people young people who have illness chronic illness who don't have chronic illness um social media comes into play and I imagine that and I've done this so many times myself being in a lupus flare-up stuck in bed and scrolling through Instagram and thinking how easy other people must have it and feeling like jealous of them or envious of them um when in reality everyone is struggling with something and maybe just not open about it on social media and so when I committed to sharing on social media I just really wanted it to be a place that I was honest about what I was going through because I didn't want to show up and show what I'm creating and not share like all these little pieces of how I got there because the story isn't complete if I'm just sharing all these pretty things and pretty pictures, but I'm not telling you like, this is what's happening with me. Like, and I know you're going through things too. And that's what I wanted it to be. I wanted it to be a place Mm -hmm. where we, as a community, recognize the suffering that everyone's going through, but also the joyful moments within that. Um, And I think it makes showing up on social media like a lot easier because I don't feel like I need to be in a certain place to show up. I feel like Mm -hmm. I can show a picture and be like, this is, I'm not doing well today. And I'll usually get a lot of messages from people saying like, I'm not doing well either. Thank you for sharing or, you know, something like that. And so I think, yeah, I think sharing my story on social media, even in the challenging moments, like has been such a rewarding thing for me. Um, And I've just been able to connect with so many other people who have chronic illness and and thought the same thing as me when they were first diagnosed like I don't know anyone else going through this especially other young women um, going through this and so being able to connect to a community that has been kind of forgotten about and is invisible in a lot of senses um, and I think giving voice to that community has been a really powerful thing um, in my own healing journey as well Mm -hmm. and advocating for others so this is something you you feel really passionate about is advocating for others being that voice that seems like isn't really very present um especially chronic illness is a really the more i learn through you and through other individuals who i'm close with who are are, are dealing with chronic illness is that it's really tough because it's unlike other illnesses that are so apparent right mm-hmm. it's it's um it takes a little bit more intention to pay attention to because you can't always just see what's happening. And so um, a lot of the times that you have been in really challenging moments, you have also found that it feels like no one has advocated for you. Mm -hmm. And so as part of your story, you're saying like, not only do I have to continue to show up for me, like I have to wake up and figure out what that day is going to look like and advocate for me at doctor's appointments and with friends and with family and all these different areas. I'm going to also then take on this responsibility and identify this gift of advocating for others. What has, what has that been like and why was that a decision that is important to you? Uh, I think, I think advocating for others is, has always been something that I've been really passionate about. Um, 
even before I started my own Instagram create with Kimmy page and whatnot. Um, because I think I've, I have a very deep sense of empathy and I think because of some of those things that I've navigated as a young kid, it makes me, it makes me want to stand up for other people who are going through the same thing and hopefully save them some pain in the process. I think like there's just so much broken within our healthcare system and so I just want to share my own experiences to shed light for other people who are going through the same thing and other people who might also have like other disadvantages stacked against them um, that I don't have either that affect our experience. And so specifically with lupus, it's uh, a very high high rate of women of color have, have lupus and experience bias within healthcare and, and all these different things that I don't experience because I'm white. And so I really want to use that privilege to advocate for other people who are experiencing these these different challenges to getting quality care. Um, and I also think, you know, and then coming back to the mental health piece, like I think I struggled so long with depression and anxiety and didn't really know it, didn't really know that that's what I was going through. And none of my doctors have ever really been too interested in caring for mental health as part of a whole treatment plan for chronic illness. And so I think sharing more about my mental health journey and sharing more about how chronic illness can impact your mental health is going to advocate for other people because, um, and I'm doing it to advocate for other people because I think a lot of people can, um, can kind of combat against that when they're diagnosed with Mm -hmm. chronic illness and start finding the tools to care for their mental health before it impacts them in a way that um, could be really detrimental. And that is something that I went through. I felt like I really struggled with my mental health for a while and was just in a really, really bad place. And I wish that some of my doctors or someone would have talked to me about mental health earlier so that Mm -hmm. I could have found some tools earlier in my young adult life to manage those. And now in my late 20s, Um, mid-20s, I'm learning a lot about my mental health through therapy um, that I wish that I could have explored Mm -hmm. when I was first diagnosed before I started going through a lot of these challenges. Um, So I think choosing to share my story is just really in hopes to advocate for other people that are going through these things um, and to just make other people like not feel alone. And I think that's a big Mm -hmm. part of advocacy is that, you know, of course I can spread awareness all I want um and do you know share all the things but at the end of the day like people are still going to go through this it's not going away Mm -hmm. um and we can only do so much to change the healthcare system individually but just offering a voice of this is what I'm going through like you're not alone I think is very powerful and and I've been very impacted by people who did that in their own platform and people who shared their story with me about chronic illness at a young age um and so I think I want to continue to share my story in hopes to just connect with people and advocate for them at the same time. Yeah. And something that, again, that you've really helped me see is that individuals who are who are daily fighting a chronic illness are left out of consideration in so many different areas, right? It's not just that there's an issue within the medical field of doctors who... Um, seem to not ask appropriate questions or seem to have answers or, or things like that. I mean, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of having to advocate yourself, advocate for yourself medically. And, and the amount of times I've seen you 
just be defeated, right? Like calls with entrances and this and this and this and this. Um, but it doesn't just end there. So other communities where where you've been left out, and I'm just going to name a few, but I want you to speak into that a little bit, it are um, like religious communities mm-hmm. and even education um, and even just t- typical day-to-day um, ideas of what we think life should look like. So the immediate questions from some people of like, so what do you do? Or mm-hmm. so you don't work a real job. I mean, so there's a lot of different things within our society that have set a standard that have made you feel excluded. Mm-hmm. What has your experience with that been? I definitely think that I've felt excluded in a lot of ways. Um, because of my chronic illness and whether that's been in a work setting um, or, right, in a religious setting. Um, And I think the pandemic brought up a lot of, like, that exclusion and those Mm -hmm. feelings of, like, I'm not as valued as other people here. Um, And so I've definitely experienced that. I think um, I had a work situation where I felt like I just really needed to be accommodated through work at home or some other sort of accommodations and and was just met with like closed doors um and i think i think that that is a really important conversation right now as we are transitioning out of the pandemic and into sort of a normal work-life balance taking away some of those work from home opportunities is going to affect people who are chronically ill and disabled the most And so how can we rethink some of those decisions of when it comes to your office, returning to work? Like, how can you include disabled people in that conversation to find what's going to be the best for everyone? Mm -hmm. I think specifically with religious institutions, it's been really hard because I'm very conscious with COVID and I want to wear a mask when I go to church, but I don't want to be the only person wearing a mask in church. Um, And that's how it it has felt for me to return to church. And so um, it makes me feel uncomfortable. Um, And I'm not saying like the the solution is all churches need to wear masks all the time, but I think how can we consider the perspective of chronically ill um, or disabled people who want to jump back into church, um, but don't feel safe to. Um, And it, it felt like in a lot of ways, some of once other people started feeling ready to return to church or ready to return to work, some of the things that we built up that were really supporting chronically ill and disabled people are the first things to go. Mm-hmm. Whereas how, how can we consider continuing these things alongside our normal things um, to encourage people to show up in the way that makes them feel most comfortable and valued and seen, I think, is, is important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm going to start wrapping up, but um, just listening. I'm just listening to you, and I'm just thinking about all the ways that I've just seen you commit to learning. I think you um, you have this ability to be really passionate about something and at the same time hold hand in hand I'm passionate I need to advocate and I need to keep learning and it's okay that to change my mind like I have seen you be a person who has learned to be comfortable with changing your mind about things over and over something you believed in and fought for 
and then changed your mind on because there was something that was more inclusive towards people or towards your health or towards your wholeness. And I think especially in our in our in our society in the state of even our world, changing our mind is really, really tough because it requires us to rethink and relearn and revisit the things that we believe. And so I'm just constantly impressed and so proud of the way that you are are always learning and the way that in moments, especially like the most challenging moments that you have said, I could totally quit. Like, and, and if we're being really honest, there's been moments where it was, I could totally quit life. Mm-hmm. Like I could totally check out of all of these things and then you've changed your mind and allowed yourself time and space to say I think there's still something here for me to learn Mm -hmm. and I think there's still something here for me to dig into and when I understand what's happening on a deeper level you rise above those challenging moments and not only for yourself but for others. It seems like every time I've seen you walk through a really challenging thing, it is met with the ability for you to care deeper and deeper for people. Mm. And so I am just so thankful for that and just so thankful for the way that you are using so many of your gifts. I mean, we didn't even get it. We didn't even, we didn't even, we didn't even talk about this whole podcast about using your gifts. We haven't even really, here's all her gifts. Those are all her stickers. Um, (laughs) Except the sword thing. (laughs) That's not hers. Um, But, yeah, I think it just amazes me, encourages me. It makes me so proud of you. And it it gives me hope that your story is going to continue to challenge other people to say, hey, how do I let the most challenging, most hard, most yucky parts in my life be the parts that motivate me the most Mm -hmm. so I'm just thankful for that Mm -hmm. (laughs) well I think gathering my thoughts I think that the giving gifts is the best name for your nonprofit because you're such a giving person Um, And I think I have watched you continuously give of yourself for so many years that I've known you um, consistently and continuously give of yourself, even when there's nothing there in return for you, even when there's, you know, even when you're giving and you're met with like resistance in that, I think that you continue to give of yourself Um, even when it's not appreciated. And I think that that is like a really, a brave thing to do. And I think, I think that you have a lot of courage and I'm just very impressed with how much you have done to, to grow the giving gifts and make it what you envision and share that vision with other people, but also, um, stay true to to yourself and not just fall into things that you know are going to work to grow it or things that you're not you don't actually care about you're, you're very strategic in picking the th- intentional things that are really a reflection of who you are um, and I think that that is amazing 
do acupuncture why <laughs> because they're backstabbers <laughs> that's a good one you wrote that thanks for listening to the giving gifts like share and subscribe this show is the shit spread some love and joy know that you